Praise God. All right, let's open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. We're wrapping up last week's teaching. Um, and we're going to learn some principles from uh, this story in 1 Kings chapter 17. Right, we're going to start reading from verse number 8. So I'm going to read the whole story from 1 Kings chapter 17, um, from verse 8 all the way to 14. I'm going to read all of it, and then we're going to come back and, and get our teaching from that. Amen, family? All right, 1 Kings 17, verse 18, verse 8 to 14. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying... Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, or Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to him, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, of, the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain in the earth. Amen, family. Yesterday, Pastor Noah, after he read a long scripture, he says, bless the Lord for the reading of the scripture. Amen. Now, here is an encounter or a situation here between three people. God, Elijah, and this woman. Now, if you look at verse number 9, there was an instruction from the Lord, and this is the instruction. God said, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. So the instruction to Elijah was to go there where God has instructed. Amen? And God said he must do what there? He must dwell there. So in other words, he must what? Stay there. Where God has called us, that is where his provision will be. Now, now look, examine that statement very carefully. Where God has called us, it is there where his provision will be. Where whose provision? His provision. So God's provision will only be where he instructed us to be. God's provision will be in everything that he has instructed us to do. 
Now imagine if Elijah said, no, God, I don't want to go to Zarephath. I want to go to, where? America. To where? I want to go to, imagine if he, he argued with God. He says, no, Zarephath is not a cool place. Zarephath is not a nice place. I don't want to go to Zarephath, me. I want to go to Singapore. <laughs> Let's say he said he wanted to go to Singapore. But God said the provision will be where? In Zarephath. So, if he does not go to Zarephath, that means he will miss out on God's provision. Are we good now? Get to Willa happy. All right. I don't have to throw Willa. Okay. How are you going to do this? He says, I will see. Amen, family? So the provision is in Zarephath, and only in Zarephath will God provide for Elijah. The provision will not be in Singapore. The provision will not be wherever he himself wants to be. My, my wife is getting jealous. Praise God. Praise God. We good? You can take your little mic. Baba Tepo. Now, this is how I like to teach. Now, this is, this is for preachers. This is for teachers. All right? Teachers don't shout. Preachers shout. All right? So, this is for people like us, decent ones, that preaches, that teaches the word. This one is for the Pastor Felix, you know, because Pastor Felix, they sweat when they preach. <laughs> when I went to preach yesterday to a church in Kayalami, they had a towel here for me so that I can wipe my tears. I never used it. It was sitting there. I'm sure the lady that washes those things go like, oh, thank God for this post. I don't have to go wash today. Clearly, their pastor sweats a lot and he, he wipes himself. All right, let's get back into the teaching. So, provision was in Zarephath. Say, God's provision will always be where God has instructed me to be. God's provision won't be where you choose to be. God's provision won't be where you're comfortable to be. God's provision won't be anywhere else except where God has instructed you to be. So we need to find out where God wants us to be. If God says we should not neglect the gathering of the saints and every Sunday we should be here in the house of the Lord, guess where provision will be for you? Guess where his blessings will be for you? On a Sunday morning, if you belong to a church, your blessing will not be in your bedroom. Your blessing will be where God expects you to be. Hello? Are you with me? So we don't only go to church because we enjoy it. We go to church because we've been instructed to be there. We go to church out of obedience. Are we together? Now, we're going to look at a few principles that we find in this story. Principle number one, we just spoke about it. God instructed the widow to provide for him. So the widow was instructed before the arrival of the man of God. The widow was already instructed. 
So in other words, where God is taking you, there is already provision there. It looks like this mic is not working. Must I give up? Amen, family? So if God has called you to Kashan, there's provision there in Kashan. Now, imagine if Elijah tried to figure out before he left. All right, switch it off. I'll settle to this. Fine, it's okay. I'll leave it here. Imagine if Elijah tried to figure out how God is going to provide for him. And he wanted to get an understanding of God's provision. Imagine if he wanted to first see the provision before he left. That would have been a lack of faith. That's not how God operates. Amen? God expected Elijah to trust him and to move based on his trust in the Lord. And there are times where God is going to expect you to trust him even when you cannot trace him. Are you with me? Where God will give you an instruction and the instruction does not make any sense. You don't know how God is going to do this. You cannot figure out with the methods that God is going to use. But as long as God has said you should do it, that's what we should do. Amen, family? Imagine when the Lord spoke to me in 2015. No, it was not in 2015. It was 2013. 2013, he spoke to me all the way in Kempton Park and says, go to Rodiport and start a church. I did not know anybody here. I did not know all of you guys here. Imagine me sitting there going like, Lord, I don't know anyone there. No, send me to Rustenburg. That's my hometown. I know a lot of people in Rustenburg. No. So I came all the way to Rodiport knowing nobody, but God had already went before me to provide the people that he was sending me to. Are you with me? Now look at all these faces. Now on Friday, I met with uh, Mukhadi. Hello, Mukhadi. I met with Mukhadi. And um, I invited Mukhadi to church. And Mukhadi says, I don't actually stay far from where your church is. I stay around the church. And I've been looking for a church. I said, stop looking for the church. I drove with Mukhadi. I came all the way here. And I made a U-turn to show her where the church is. And then we went and dropped her by her place. And this morning, I sent Mukhadi. I said, Mukhadi, we're starting at nine. She says, I'm going to be there. Nine o'clock, I looked around. Mukhadi was not there. I said, Mukhadi, you are late. And Mukhadi is here. Amen. Now, now, God knew when he spoke to me in 2013 that I will meet Mukhadi at whatever time on 2023 and invited to church. Whether Mukhadi is going to be a member of the church or not, we don't know. But God created an appointment that we meet. Amen? Mukhadi, God says you must be a member of this church. Amen, family? Now, there are instructions in the word of God concerning everything that we will ever want to do. Are you with me? Now, we need to be obeyers to God's instructions. The Bible says we should not only be hearers of the word, but we should be what? 
doers of the word. Say this to me. Say, I'm not only a hearer of the word, but I'm a doer of the word. Say, even when I do not understand, I will do what God has said. Say, even when I do not agree, I will do what God has said. Even when it does not feel good, but I will do what God said. Obeying God is not always lacking. There are times whereby it's hard to obey. Hello? Imagine God says, do good to those that do bad to you. He says, when they give you a slap on the one cheek, give them the other cheek. He said, pray for those who persecute you. Imagine, that does not make sense. That's not a nice thing to do. That's not something that we do rejoicing. Yeah, I'm going to pray for my enemies. That one that has been gossiping about me, Father, bless them in Jesus' name. No, it's not nice to do that. No, this is the prayer that I want to do for my enemies. Father, kill them in the name of Jesus. Hello? If I was to pray according to how I feel, I promise you a lot of my prayers would have been like that. Kill them in Jesus' name. Whatever that they're doing to me, Father, back to the sender hundred times in Jesus' name. <laughs> no, God says we must do good to those that do us bad. God says we must pray for those that do us wrong. Amen? So that is God's instruction. That is how God does what he does. That is how God operates. That is the system in which God operates by. It does not make sense. It does not feel good. But that's what God said. So God said to this man, go to Zarephath. So point number one, we need to find out what God's instruction is. And I want to give you a few instructions that God has given us when it comes to giving. Now, in Luke 6, verse 38, listen to what the Lord is saying. He says, give, and what will happen? Come on, talk to me. Give, and what will happen? It will come back to you. Now, that word, give, is it a suggestion or does it sound like an instruction? It's an instruction, right? God did not say, if you give. He said what? Give. And it will be given to you. Now, this is how it will be given to you. In a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. I don't know how many of you guys have bosoms here. But we have bank accounts, right? It will be given into your bank account for with the same measure that you used to give, it will be measured to you. Now, this is talking about increase. This is talking about overflow. So God's method of increasing you is in your giving. If you want God to increase you, if you want God to give you more, you have to do what? Give. So you cannot pray and say, God, increase me. God will say, I have given you a system in which increase will be released. And if you want increase to be released in your life, will you have to obey to God's instruction, which is to do what? To give. Giving makes room for more. Giving makes room for God to increase you. 
if we do not give, God is not obligated to increase us. Hello? Say, I gotta be a giver. Now, here's another one in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 7. He says, Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. In other words, each one should give as they have decided in their hearts. So in other words, giving is not supposed to be happening here in church. Giving should happen while you're still at home and you have to make up your mind and purpose in your heart, decide in your heart that this is what I'm going to give. There's nothing wrong with being encouraged to give in church, but we should get into the habit of purposing in our hearts to give. Some people come to church with no intention of giving, but because the word hit them, they decide to give. It's good, but at the same time, it's not good. We need to become givers. Being a giver means you live a lifestyle of giving. You never go without giving. Yesterday, I was in a church, his church CFC. I went to go preach there. And uh, after preaching, now I had Pastor Tapello there with his wife. My wife was there. And we were just, you know, hanging around the people there. They came, man of God, bless you. Thank you for that word. That word was great and everything. And then I found myself around this Indian people. That's an Indian church. Lots of Indians there. Right? Um, and they heard the previous day on a Friday, and it was not here for prayer meeting. I went there because their conference started on a Friday. And I was having a conversation with these Indians because now remember now, they reminded me of Pastor Sylvan, my Indian friend. And as we were talking, I was telling, about, telling them about Pastor Sylvan and how I love Briani and how I love... Uh, uh, um, Briani and, and curry and stuff like that. And one lady said, oh, pastor, you love Briani? I said, sure, I love Briani, and I love it very hot. I'm a real Indian. I love it very, very hot. She said, okay, I'm going to tell my mom to make Briani for you. I said, no, don't do that. You don't have to do that. She said, no, 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 we're going to make it on Sunday, but because you love it, I'm going to tell my mom to make it tomorrow. Girl, don't do that to my gogo man. Let my gogo rest. Guess what? This woman brought me Briani, Pastor Felix, yesterday. After preaching, she gave me Briani. Amen? But they fed me too much at the church. I never got an opportunity to eat Briani. I'm going to chow Briani after church today. Amen? Please don't visit me. Don't visit me. Don't visit. You're coming. All right. So, and as I was around these Indian people talking to them and everything, you know, Musmina, I love nice shoes, right? I love nice shoes. So I couldn't help but notice this gentleman's shoes. I'm like, oh, my brother, those are beautiful shoes. I should not have said that. And then he said, thank you, pastor, thank you. He said, and his wife said, give them to him. So, so I'm hearing this woman, but I'm acting like I did not hear because I'm like, this is not happening right here. This is not going to happen here. I mean, I've got my own shoes. This man has got his shoes and everything. The wife says, give them to him. And, 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 and I ignore them. So, so I want to go. I want to just run away from that time. And then he says, Pastor, what size do you wear? I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. What size do you wear? 
So I'm like, what size do I wear? I said, I think a seven. He says, Pastor, this is a size seven. Have those shoes. I've got my own shoes on. I'm like, no, brother, no, you don't have to do that. He says, no, no, Pastor, I only wore them. This is the second time I wear them. I wore them on Christmas. Now, this is the second time. Clearly, I mean, from, from December until now, clearly God wanted you to have the shoes. Here, they are yours. So I'm like, so what am I going to do? I've got my own shoes. What are you going to do? He says, no, I'll live around the corner. I will walk like this. I'm like, no, I can't do that. And that woman said, Pastor, please accept them. It's our gift to you. So I took off my shoes. And I, these are the shoes. Look at that. Look at this. Give. Give, and it will be what? I can't begin to tell you how many clothes I've given in my life. I can't begin to tell you how many suits I've given away in my life. And God is blessing and is adding. And then I looked at the shoes. I'm like, I don't know this label. And we want to go check it out. You don't want to know how much the shoes go. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Amen? Praise God. My wife has been looking at them shoes. I'm like, they're very beautiful, right? <laughs> Praise God. Don't you love my shoes? <laughs> Giving. I did not go buy them. Uh-uh. They were added. Huh? They were what? Praise God. So, get in the habit of giving. And I told him, I said, I'm going to rock them at church and I'm going to tell the whole church. Now, First Corinthians, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. So we need to purpose, we need to decide in our hearts what we're going to give. Check this out. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Or you can say, God loves a happy giver. God don't like sad givers. God loves happy givers. God don't like sour givers. God loves Happy givers. Imagine someone giving you something like Taman or Lapisa. That's not a happy giver. God loves us to give happily because God Himself is a giver. For God so loved the world that He gave. First Corinthians 13, verse 3. First Corinthians 13, verse 3. It says here. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Say this with me. Say, love should motivate my giving. Because it says here, even though I can sacrifice things and I give whatever that I'm giving and I'm, I'm doing all sorts of good things, but if it's not because of love, if it's not motivated by love, it profits me what? Nothing. So if we love the work of God, we got to give into the work of God. Amen? If you love your wife, you will give to your wife. If you love your husband, you will give to your husband. Amen? Love will always move us to give. You can never love without giving, yet you can give without loving. 1 Corinthians 8, look at verse 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians what? 
8, 1 and 2. It says here, now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge, but knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet he ought to know. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Amen? Love edifies. Now, the second thing that we see in this story is that this woman had a need. And she said to the woman of, to the man of God, I only have a little bit of oil and flour and I'm gathering sticks so that I can go prepare the last meal so that we can eat and die. So she had a need. She was at her last. She had a need. So she needed God to come through for her. She needed God to save her life. But now it's very interesting that in this story, as she explains to the man of God her situation, the man of God behaved in such a way that if any of the pastors were to behave like this today, they would be accused of being insensitive. They'll be accused of wanting to take the congregation's money. Isn't that so? Now, let's see what was the man of God's response. Let's start reading from verse 12. From verse 11. And as she was going to get it, because they said, bring me a little cup, a little, bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink, verse, in verse 10. Verse 11 says, and as she was going to get it, the man of God called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now, listen to what she said. She said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Now check what the man of God says to her. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make a small cake from it first and bring it to me afterward and make some for yourself and your son. It seems or sounds as if the man of God did not hear what the woman said. The woman said, I'm going to make this eat with my son and we're going to die. But he says to her, go and do as you have said, but make for me first. Now, man of God, how can you say make for you first when she said this is the last? Amen? She said, this is all I have. But he said, make for me first. Now, point number two that we're learning from this is that I wrote here, what do you believe God will accomplish through your seed? Because this man of God created an opportunity for this woman to sow a seed. He said, make for me first. Because he knew that when she sows into his life, that which she thought was last will not be the end. 
Are you with me? God will add to it. And there will be a second because if you say first, then there has to be second and third. And in verse 14, he said, remember, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry. So he gave her the promise. He said, if you do that, you will never run out. You will never run dry. She had a choice right there. She could say, you know what, man of God, I don't believe what you're saying, so I'm going to do as I intended to do, just to prepare for me and my sons to eat and die. Or I'm going to believe in what you are saying, and I'm going to do as you have said, and trust that that which you said will happen. That's what she did. That's what she did. Now, we need to believe God will accomplish through the seed. You see, we have made giving offerings a religion. We have made giving offerings something that is done when we go to church. And we give our offerings religiously out of habit. We even give without expecting anything, without expecting God to move. We don't even regard our giving as an act of worship, as we should. It's a religious thing that we do. We even teach our children, every Sunday, here's one rent giving the offering, but we don't teach them the purpose of it. Your giving is an act of worship. Say this, say, when I give, I'm worshiping. Your giving is your response to God's instruction. Your giving is seed for whatever it is that you're trusting God to do for you. So how are we going to expect increase if we give religiously? We're going to miss out on what God wants to do. Point number three that we should learn. Sowing seed don't mean you're ignorant of your situation. Sowing seed does not mean you're acting as if you do not have a situation. No, you are aware of your situation, but you are not going to behave according to to that situation. Because our behavior should not be concerning our situation. Our behavior should be concerning what the word of God says. Now this woman, she gave in her lack. In today's term, we would say she actually had nothing to give. She was actually in a position where she could not afford to give. Be realistic. Pastor, how can you expect me to give when I don't have enough? But remember, we're talking about how God operates. Does God look into your abundance for you to give? 
or giving is a principle to the rich and the poor, to the average. Giving is a principle. So the man of God said, go and do as you have said. Go and do as you have said. But give to me first. So in other words, he said, give me that last, that last that you're talking about that is for you and your son, give it to me. Give it to me. Because if she ate it and her son, that would have been the last of it. But if she sold it, that would have been the beginning of plenty. Amen? She obeyed. I don't know what would have happened if this was today. Was this man of God? Amen. Are you with me? I remember uh, some years ago, when, which year was it when we hosted the, the pastors here? The pastors network. Which year was it? Just before COVID. I think, I think the church was three years or four years. 2019. Now, so what happens, CFC's got this network of pastors, right? And, and they meet, I think, about three times in a year. And when they meet, they ask around to the other pastors, who wants to host the pastors, right? And those that feel like, I mean, when you host them, you have to feed them, you know, so we need to cook and stuff like that. You need to set up and everything, you know, it's, it's like a beautiful event. And it's costly. There's money in there. So no one was volunteering. Now, this church was like, what, three years old. I was not ready to host such a big event of pastors that coming from big churches and they come and look at my little church and see, you know, the, the cracks that we have. No, I was not ready for that. Then Pastor Patrick came, who is, you know, the lead pastor of the network, and he said, uh, Pastor Abby, we're coming to Greater Works. He gave me an instruction. I promise you, I never had anything else in that meeting. All I was thinking about, because I, I know how all the other gatherings have been. And in my mind, I'm like, we, 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 we're not ready for such. But he gave me an instruction, and then he just didn't look at me. And now, I don't know how they do this thing. So in my mind, I'm like, no, maybe. I mean, he, he, he's aware that we are a small church. We're only three years old. He's aware of that. So probably, they fund the event. They give money to the hosting pastor who has money to everything. So I'm busy waiting. I'm scared to ask. <laughs> so I'm like, no, maybe, maybe, maybe it's coming. So I came and told the church and everything. They're just like, fine, guys, we're gonna do this and everything, blah, 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 and all that. I'm still expecting money. And money's not coming. When it came to the time, I'm like, okay, maybe I host them after hosting them, then they're gonna give them money after. Alright? So that's fine. Maybe that's how they operate. Alright? So we kind of like emptied our bank account, man. We prepared, I mean, three years, how much do we have? We prepared, and we were not even here. We were at Flairhawk. So we hired a tent. We set up tables. The pictures are on Facebook. You can check. We had a, a, a beautiful pastors. Even. We had about 100 pastors in the little hall. It's a classroom. 
And then from the hall, we set up the tent where they're going to eat and stuff like that. I mean, we delivered. I mean, we're like, wow, we are impressed of ourselves. We're like, wow, look at this. They were impressed. And you know, Musa, our bent, Musa, our sharp. Hmm? Are you with me? So, now I'm waiting. We spent all the money. Everything was great. I'm waiting, pale. How? So I see now everybody is leaving, giddy, hello, farewell, bye-bye, and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, so I'm busy playing around Pastor Patrick because I'm like, hey, if he sees me, he will remind, he will remember. Oh, Pastor Patrick, I was like, Pastor Abby, thank you. That was a very great event. We really enjoyed ourselves. Thank you so much, Pastor Patrick. I'm like, hey, this man. Now, I even walked him to the car, opened the door for his wife, and they said, bye-bye, son. Thank you so much. Boom. Off they went. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe they're not going to give it to me here. You know, he will contact me and then he will ask for bank accounts and everything. But I'm still waiting today. It's 2023. (laughs) Nothing was given to us. So we were actually set up to sow seed that we were not intending to sow. But I believe that the Things that we've experienced God do in this church. I mean, during COVID, we always lost this building because our finances went down because people's jobs were, some people lost their jobs. Some people, you know, they were not sure if they're going to have jobs and stuff like that. So our income went down. And God still kept us here. Amen. And two weeks ago, the debt that we had has been what? Paid up, paid up, paid up. Pay it up. A man was sitting here and he found out that we owed about 130000 because of COVID. He phoned Pastor KG and says, give me, the, give me the landlord's bank account. And he paid it up. Paid it up. That happened two weeks ago. So we are debt free. Debt free. But imagine if my attitude towards Pastor Patrick after he never refunded. Imagine if I complain. No, I don't complain. I never did anything. Three weeks ago, I was preaching in his church. Amen? After I preached, he took me and my wife and Pastor Makoto to Krim. Krim. That's a Krim restaurant. I was Born. Krim. We sit in there, go Krim. There two waitresses attend to you. And they give you an option of the kind of water you want to drink. But mudimu utlauzama. Mudimu utlauzama. Bona, 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 bona. Utlauzunzo ukamidimu muteping. Mudimu puts you in a place. Your gift will make room for you before kings. Amen. God is good. Amen. Do not despise giving. Grow in your giving. Make giving your lifestyle. Become a giver. When you are a giver, you do not occasionally give. You are in the lifestyle of giving. When was the last time you gave something to anybody? And I'm not talking about giving someone to still working you don't want anymore. Uh-uh, look at these shoes. They are new. Huh? I'm talking about giving your best. Hmm? Well, now we have this habit. When we don't want something that we want to throw away, we give it to somebody. 
Now, if giving causes God to add more, if I give regs, he will add more regs. <laughs> because he says the measure you used to give will be measured to you. So, in other words, how you give determines how God adds. So, if I give what I don't like, I'm attracting what I don't like. So, if I want good, I must give what? Good. Stretch yourself in giving. If you've been giving 50 rents, go to 100 rent. In fact, the Lord instructed me that we must increase our giving. We must be intentional. Our offerings must increase it. Amen? Stop giving coins all the time. God will add more coins. Your life will be full of kitchen, ching, ching, ching. Amen, family? It's the principles of God. Amen? Okay, I'm going to run through these other principles quickly. Number four, take authority over fear. Take authority over fear. Because whenever we want to give, the devil will instill fear in our hearts. Remember what did the man of God said to her in verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make a small cake from it for me first. Do not what? Fear. What was her fear? Her fear is that after we have eaten our last, it will be the end. So she was in fear, and fear was threatening her from the opportunity of giving, of sowing. So what happens? Before we give, we start thinking about tomorrow. We stop thinking about the things we're supposed to do. We stop thinking about, no, but this money is for this and this and that. And then we miss an opportunity to give because we allowed fear to come in. Are you with me, family? Fear will try to grip you when you decide to sow. In fact, one of the reasons people don't sow is fear. The devil tell them, tells them that they are losing when sowing. Fear of not making it through the month. You are never losing when you are giving. You are gaining when you're giving. Say this with me. When I give, I am not losing. I am gaining. Your giving may leave your hand, but it enters into your future. You will find it later waiting for you, but when you find it, you find it good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen, family? Put your faith in the assignment of the seed. Put your faith in the assignment of the seed. In other words, what is the reason for your giving? Why are you giving? So determine why you want to give. Give into that and put your faith in that assignment. That is number five, actually. Put your faith in the assignment of the seed. Set your mind on the harvest. Look at what you are trusting God for from the seed. Elijah saw that the widow was looking at the wrong thing. Her focus was on the wrong thing. She didn't recognize a life-changing opportunity right in front of her. She, the opportunity was in front of her, and she was about to miss it. She could have decided not to listen to the man of God. 
Always look at the promise. Always look at what you are trusting God for. Fix your eyes on the promise and refuse to look at your situation. That is called the fight of faith. It is called what? The fight of faith. The last thing that we need to do, pray and speak over your seed. Praise God always for the harvest. Don't stop expecting God to increase. Don't stop expecting that harvest. No matter what happens, we have been confessing for this land that we're trusting God for. We identified that land, Connor Westlake and Main Reef Road. We went to that land. We prayed. We trusted God for that land. Now they've built Mikuku there in that land. And someone, I remember it was uh, Brother Tete, when they happened, he said, Pastor, did you see what's happening in that land? I said, yes, and I don't care. But we have decided that this is the land we trust in God for. So what's happening at that land is none of our business. Our business is what we have asked God for, and we believe that it's our land. Amen? But the bank account does not look like we can afford a land. We don't care about how the bank account looks. That's none of our business, Baba Sabs. Our business is to trust God. How did we, we did not know that God is going to pay off our debt the way he did. We did not know. We didn't care. We just kept on confessing. We just kept on believing. We just kept on praising. We just kept on living as if we do not have a debt. We never stressed. We never panicked. Even when the landlord threatened and says, we're kicking you guys out, we never stressed or panicked. Sometimes I didn't even tell you the things that we're dealing with. There are times where they close the doors up because they're demanding payments. And someone will come to church, Dean and will tell me, that the, the, it's closed in the church, and I made a call. Landlord, the money is coming, relax. And they opened up. We never knew. Now the doors are open. Amen? The doors are open. Guys, let's believe in the principles of God. Amen? Praise God. Did you get something this morning? Are you ready to give? Are you sure? All right. Now all those uh, uh, small amounts that you've been reserving for the church and the big ones for your future, don't stop doing that. Stop doing that. Determine in your heart what you're going to give and what your giving will look like from today. Amen? Stretch your giving a little bit more. I promise you, God will make sure that you are always able to give that which you have purpose in his heart. And don't decide what to give based on your condition or based on your bank account. Decide what you're going to give based on what you want God to do for you. Stretch your giving. Stretch your giving. Amen? Praise God. Where are the offering bags? Offering bags? If you want an envelope, lift up your hand and they will bring an envelope to you. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You can even ask God, Lord, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to give? 
Let me also take this opportunity to talk a little bit about what your giving does. Your giving, when you are a giver in the house of God, you are partnering with God in what God is doing in the church. You are saying to God, Lord, I'm partnering with you in what you are doing in the church, which is changing lives. And when you take care of God's business, God gets involved in your business. Let me tell you something. When thing, good things happen to you, it's not because you are lucky. Stop saying, yo, what's about you lucky? You are like, who's lucky? No, you're not lucky. It's God favoring you. Stop giving praises to lucky. You never hear that word from me. What's about you lucky? Yo, you're so lucky. You're not like You are blessed. You are empowered. You are favored. Amen? You're not lucky. Lucky will deny you giving praises to God. 